What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Demetrius Frazier. I'm back with the Resist, Resist Booksellers podcast. I'm on a high right now, so if I do talk a little fast, I need you to keep up because today is a good day. Uh, I have some announcements that's coming out, but for the most part, the big announcement today is that I actually was nominated for an award. I'm hoping I get it, and today was the uh, presentation to the judges, so hopefully that works out well and I get to come back on air and tell you about all the good news, but back to the resist book sellers podcast and talking about someone who may or may not want to open up a bookstore. I know there's some good people out there that want to do that and want to jump into the space. And so we made this run of six episodes just for you. So in this episodes, we have talked about the first steps to opening a bookstore, making sure you as an owner are right. Make sure you're good. And then we talked about um, understanding your community. Make sure that you understand everything that's going on inside your community and the things that you need to know about them in order to serve them. And today we're going to talk about choosing your business model. Now, listen, listen, this is the most fun for people who like to do and think in like multifaceted ways. So if you're good with like 6,000 possibilities, this is your phase. If 6,000 phase, 6,000 possibilities gives you anxiety, my bad. You're going to have some trouble with this one. This one's going to be a little nerve wracking. This one's going to be hard for you, but just know that there's people who are out here, myself included, who are willing to give you a soundboard, uh, give you some ideas and some game. And hopefully this episode starts that process. So I want to start with the first branch in your decision on figuring out your business model. So when we say business model, we're talking about how you're going to present yourself to your customers. So Amazon, Amazon, for the most part, is an online retailer, but they also present and they preside, uh, provide web services. They tried you know, doing bookstores, shame on them. They shouldn't come in the streets. This is what we do. Uh, they also have a uh, whole foods, right? So they, they have a physical presence in some markets. So they have like a mostly hybrid. I would say there's a, there's a good balance there. Take somebody like target target is especially a hybrid, right? They online sales, in-store sales, etc. But a bookstore, in your case, any bookstore can be a whole bunch of other stuff. So you can be just selling books. I would um, encourage you not to do that. (laughs) There's a reason why we'll get to it later. But uh, the bookstore business can be a little tough and cyclical, meaning within a year, there's going to be some things and that'll happen in a year that'll make you wear. Wow. Your book sales are through the roof. And there's going to be some times when your book sales are going to be in the toilet. And so you want to have other things that can kind of fill in the gaps or bring you so much revenue in lumps that it helps spread out the costs and your expenses over the times when you're not making as much money selling books. So let's talk about the first branch. First branch is online versus brick and mortar. So the American Booksellers Association tells us that about six or seven percent as of 2022, for those who report it, are multi-branch, but a lot of them, multi-branch meaning they have multiple locations, but a lot of them 
of the 100% have multiple streams of income. So what can be an income stream in the store? You can have the books. You can have book tangential sideline items. Those are your bookmarks. Those are your mugs. Those are your journals. Those can be um, even puzzles. We've we've had a, a specific puzzle that was related to a book. All those things are really bookish items, stickers. Um, even some apparel can be that way. So, but apparel can be another whole nother outlet. It might not even say anything about a book. It may be about your city you're in, or it may be about, you know, living life, stress-free, whatever. That, that can be another thing. But a lot of them also take on the route of doing other stuff like uh, food or whatever. So let's go online only. And there's some good retailers here. I want to start there first. It's a shorter story because it's not that many that I, I think are doing a, a phenomenal job. But uh, one that I would mention, and this is something you could check out. So get out your pen, your paper. I'm going to give you some stores that kind of model what I'm talking about. So for online only space, look at um, Sista Sci-Fi. S-I-S-T-A. I believe it's A-H. Sci-Fi. And as you can imagine, she sells mostly sci-fi books. So she is predominantly an online retailer. Now, I'm sure she does pop-ups here and there, or she does some bulk business, but she also has a vending machine business. So that's another sideline or another route to making more income. So since the sci-fi sells online, but it also has some vending machine business. Why does that work for her? Or why does that work for that company? Well, because it's still not me setting up an employee base to have to serve the customer. So they set up a vending machine in an already established business. Uh, think coffee shop, think uh, clothing store, think department store, wherever they decide to put them. But they don't have to have somebody manning the vending machine. You pay yourself self-service. So that works out really well. Sister Sci-Fi is one that I would check out. Mahogany Books, who is now more of a book and, uh, brick and mortar retailer, they started out online only and did a great job there. So they have a great online business, but they're more hybrid now. And that's where you'll see most of the independent bookstores. They're in that hybrid space. Now, how you do hybrid is, again, another place where branches branch off. So let's go through a couple of different ways in which you can attack your model in a hybrid or brick and mortar space only. So we don't have a ton of time to talk about everybody. So I'm just going to mention some that kind of stick out to me and it's different ways uh, that they attack their business. And of course, ours is different as well. So let's talk about genre specific brick and mortar stores. So there are genre specific stores that are specifically saying Hey, this is the only genre we sell. Now, maybe they kind of branch out and say, look, I got a little self-help in here, but for the most part, I do this one thing. So one store that I would check out is the Mysterious Bookshop. I believe they were established in the late 1970s and they are a mystery only store. So that dictates the books that they sell. If they sell some shirts and other bookish tangential 
uh, items, guess what? They're probably all related to mystery, thriller, or something like that. Think about their events that they do. What kind of events would you expect as a customer at the mysterious bookshop? Murder mystery. <laughs> this, is, this is all kind of lining up, right? Your model becomes a lot easier when you clearly state what you're doing. Now, you have to make that work for your community. You have to work, make that work and your, your web store, you got to make that work in your brick and mortar or whatever you do. But if you choose that lane, then now your your what you do after becomes a lot easier to decide because I'm not trying to serve seven different ways. I have self. So my store, I have self-help. I have children's books. I have religious books. I have romance. I have to serve all those customers. Well, now that, that means most of my events are different from one another. I don't have anything that kind of lines up in one lane only. So mysterious books drop. Good job. Genre specific. Another one you could do is, is specifically on your target audience. So maybe you said, hey, all I'm going to do is focus on books for young people. And young people for you may be middle grade and below. Or maybe it's just, hey, it's all children. It's all elementary school. One that you should check out is Liberation Station. They're uh, North Carolina's first Black-owned children's bookstore. And they specifically target that demographic. They do it well. Uh, check them out. Uh, North Carolina, I can't remember what the city is. But they're, they're a really good store focusing on their, their target audience. Great for them, right? You can imagine what kind of what kind of events would you have in there? What kind of clothing would you have in there? What kind of services would you have in there? What kind of seating? <laughs> Think about that. I'm six foot four, right? If you were targeting just people like me, the tall guy store, you would have a bunch of high chairs, right? But guess what? The the target audience, the ones you want to come in all the time for Liberation Station are all of those little diminutive dwarf people, right? The little cute ones. And they're going to be the ones needing smaller chairs. Uh, the height of your bookshelves may be lower, easily accessible. Uh, one thing that you also do, and you'll notice in the bookstore business, is that the children's books tend to be more face out. You want them to see it without having to dig for it. So that may be something that even dictates how you shelve your books, right? You got to love it. So that's something that Liberation Station has decided to do that will serve their customer base and something they can get really excited about it. So let's pause there for a second, because while you're in this activity of, well, I'm going to do online only, I'm going to do brick and mortar, or I'm going to do books just for romance, because there are romance bookstores. Um, you got to find the lane in which you are most happy about. Again, this is a this is still a business. You want to make profit. We, we worked on how you can assess your community and figure out which ways that the community could support because you're bringing value to them. At the same time, you have to want to get up in the morning, pick up your, your lunch, go to work and do this day in, day out. Now, whether you're in the store managing it does not matter because the problems, all that accountability comes to you as the owner. So great if you can afford to have a bunch of part-time employees work in the store. But when it, when it hits the fan, something goes wrong or the challenges of the business come in, guess who has to figure that out? 
And you have to have a heart for wanting to figure those things out. This thing's going to be tough. We talked about that in the community part. It's not going to be easy. So whatever you pick, it should be something you're passionate about. I guarantee you sister sci-fi likes sci-fi. <laughs> she, sister sci-fi didn't say, you know what I want to do? I want to create a business of stuff that I hate. And I'm going to make a business out of that. I guarantee you sister sci-fi didn't say that. I guarantee you. I guarantee you she loves it. That's it. I, I don't even have anything else to add to that. She loves it. And whatever you pick for your business model, for your bookstore, you should love it. That's okay. Figure it out. We got plenty of options here. So we talked about genre specific. We talked about target audience specific. We talked about whether you're going to be online only and maybe that's your predominant business. You can go distribution specific. So how are you going to get the books to the, to the market? So we talked, we're talking about brick and mortar, but let's switch over a little bit. What if I just wanted to do a store that's on wheels, a bookmobile, if you would, right? I just want to pack up my RV. I want to make it so that when I open it up, people can come onto the, the particular vehicle, come in and buy stuff. And then when I'm done, I close that bad boy up, drive it to my driveway, start again tomorrow. That way, Maybe because I did my community analysis and the thing that's stopping people from coming to bookstores and coming to libraries is mobility. Maybe that stuck out like a sore thumb. I'm going to rural areas. I'm going to places where transportation is an issue. I'm going into wherever I want to go and feed uh, a population that needs these books, but I need to come to them. All right, there you go. Bookmobile. That may work. Um, I may, I may want to make it where I'm only pop-ups, right? That's a harder business because you got to pack them up, but Hey, maybe my community analysis or what I am passionate about lines up with that. I don't want to do this hundred percent of the time. I want to be able to do this just on Fridays and Saturdays. All right. Guess what? Uh, you know, pack it up model may actually work. You did your work. You did your due diligence and found something that works for you. Something that's going to be passionate and something that'll work for the community. Great. Do that. Cause guess what? I'm going to get another bunch of options that if you decided, Hey, that doesn't work. You can switch rails. So if you don't know our story, our story started in February of 2022, we were in one model and in June well, actually in January of 23, we switched to a different model. February of 2022 we were in the online predominant pop-up model. So we had a beautiful website selling books and then, Hey, on some Saturdays, some Sundays, maybe we went to a different place. We would sell books that way. We got to the end of 2023. It wasn't working. That's okay. It wasn't that my passion changed. It wasn't that the community I was trying to serve changed. It's just the execution wasn't working. So we switched. You can do the same thing. So let's say your passion is mystery books. And instead of doing a mystery bookshop, you decided to do like a murder mystery kind of uh, set it up as clue as an event. You're selling books, but you're also selling experience. All right, cool. You tried that. Great, great uh, reception early. You decided it wasn't working. It wasn't profitable long term. You can switch to what the mysterious bookshop is doing. Make it a brick and mortar experience. Maybe that works in your town. Maybe your town already has a, 
you know, haunted houses. They have that here in Petersburg, just so you know. See a house? Looks like somebody's standing in the window. Don't go. It might be haunted. That, that might actually be a real thing here in Petersburg, Virginia. If you have that kind of lore to your town, the mysterious bookshop or some version of it may actually work. So the same as options. So here's the other part that's an option. So let's just say you're staying in the brick and mortar branch. You've decided, hey, I already know what kind of genre and target I want to do. You don't have to stop there. There's even more branches. And you can take it and make the application that you're doing or the execution of that bookstore, make that a hybrid. So I'm, 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 I have a brick and mortar store. I have a website. I do events and stuff. But in the store, I'm doing something else on top of selling books. So most of us have seen a bookshop. You go to Barnes and Nobles, they have a Starbucks or something like that. Books a Million used to have some, some coffee or something. So coffee shops and books go together. I don't care what nobody say. It's, it's a perfect union of life. Getting a fresh cup of finely brewed coffee, not burnt, not, nice scent, nice aroma. Match that with a good book. You're in heaven. I don't care if you're a coffee drinker or not. I know people who don't drink coffee, but love the smell of coffee. And they can sit with a book and smell the coffee. And that's just as good for them. That's how good coffee is. This is a coffee. This is a coffee, coffee love station right now. You can do coffee and books. Uncle Bobby's in Philly does coffee. They do food and they do, they have a bookshop. It's a great, great establishment. Like I said, there's others that do that. So I won't go too deep into that part. Cause I think most people know about coffee and it's, uh, it's alignment with bookstores. The other thing you can do, and this is just a, a slight asterisk, you can be next to a coffee shop and you'll get kind of the same vibe. So either they're coming to you first, buy the book and then go to the coffee shop, sit with the books or vice versa. They'll come get their coffee, bring it to the bookstore. You have a place for them to sit, read and peruse. It works. So if you decide to not build coffee into your store, maybe that's going to be too many, too much square footage not enough, whatever, you can still work it out by being in close proximity to a coffee shop. So some other models that work, uh, wine and books, the Lit Bar, L-I-T, Bar, B-A-R, in the Bronx, New York, uh, black and Latina-owned, Afro-Latina-owned bookstore in the Bronx, New York. I believe they're the only independent bookstore out there, too. So shout out to them for doing the work. Uh, wine is another good you know, kind of vibey thing that goes with reading. So they got a wine bar in the back of the back of the establishment. You buy the books in the front, you'll sit and have a meeting or sit and have a, a, a good glass of wine right in the back. Um, another one that I've seen is a restaurant. So bus boys and poets, they are up in um, like DC, Northern Virginia, Maryland area. And they do a really good job. They have this full service restaurant on one side and a bookstore on the other. They also do events in the space. So here's another thing that you want to think about is as you're trying to generate revenue, general revenue, how are you going to drive traffic? How are you going to keep your people engaged? How do you can get the community to come through the door? When you do events, especially if you do them at night, they want to make a night of it. So they want to have entertainment. They want to have food 
and drink. So the more you can meld those two or three elements together, the better. So Busboys and Poets has that built in. They can have an event, poetry, most likely, given their name. They can have food, you can get a dinner, and you can also get a drink and a book. So all those things kind of work together. Another option uh, I've seen is toy stores. Toy stores, like physical uh, G.I. Joe, Bluey toys, plus books. That, those things go together to me. Uh, we have one here, and I can't remember the name of it off, offhand, but it's in Richmond, Virginia, off of Cary Street. The other one that I would look at is, believe it or not, a plant shop. Yes, plants, like green house plants. So plant lovers uh, all over the world can probably go to places and get their plants, but can you get the two things that you love? You love books and you love plants. Well, paper leaves, P-A-P-E-R, P-A-P-E-R, leaves, L-E-A-V-E-S, is in Texas, Virginia. I mean, Texas, Texas, Virginia, it's a new place, uh, has a plant shop and bookstore. So you can get your your house plants, get a little understanding of how those work, and then you can also get your books. So I've given you a couple models that work. You get the online, you get the brick and mortar, you can get uh, different variations of the brick and mortar, you can get different um, combinations of, of product lines and revenue lines inside of the store. But let me give you one more. This is the bonus. This is if I was Steve Jobs and I said, and still one more, right? One more thing. So you can also do the brick and mortar, multiple location, online works, online uh, web space where you sell them and make that a nonprofit. You can you can take that and say, I really don't I'm not in it for the money. Yeah, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a salary, but I'm not here to take all this profit and then make myself a bajillionaire. My goal is to help the community in a in an impactful way. So there's a bookstore called Potter's House, P-O-T-T-E-R House. Uh that that what they do is they have a cafe, they have a bookstore. So same similar to what I just said, they have a brick and mortar location with multiple streams. But then, then they take that and they have community programming. How do you do that? So what they do is they have stuff like pay it forward meals. So you as a customer, you come in to buy a book, but you also can come and buy a meal for yourself. And you can also buy a meal to pay it forward to someone in need. They do masks. They do all types of stuff, all to help a community uh, member in need by going through this house. So you can always get what you need out of it, but you can also get it where you can help someone else. So many, many options, many, many ways in which you can deliver and, and go after your mission. Maybe your mission is to make a ton of money. You probably should pick a different profession. Bookstores ain't it. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, if you came all this way to the end of this particular episode and then I just bust your bubble, I'm sorry. You're not going to be a bajillionaire we're owning a bookstore. The margins are not there. The replication, how hard it is to actually get to huge scales is not there. You can be prosperous. That's the word I would use. You will have a lot of positive impact on a community. You will have a positive impact on your bank account and you can help people in the process. That's what you're going to get out of a bookstore. 
If you're looking for that quick get rich scheme where you make a, a million dollars in a year and you can replicate that and two exit every year, you should probably try something different. Sorry. Even the people that write those books and say, hey, I wrote my book and I use AI and I came out my book and I sell 30 they they're not they're not bajillionaires. They're lying to you. Anyway, um, so plenty of options here, plenty of options. So what I would say is have fun. This is a good this is the good part. You, you you're skiing downhill now. This is if you already gotten past the first two episodes, maybe you had to listen to those twice to get to here. And now you're picking your business model. Oh, my gosh. You're in the fun part. All that other stuff, to be quite honest, this is entrepreneur transparency. The going and getting your business license is not the hard part. It is work. It is it is a load of work, but it's not difficult. You can get an EIN. You're going to need one of those employee identification number. You can get an LLC. You can get uh, you can even write up a business plan in, in hours, especially if you got your checks in order. You got the building you already want. All that stuff is not hard. It's, it is time consuming for sure. I, I'm not discrediting that part. But the hard part is getting getting yourself in position to be a bookstore owner, understanding what will work in your community. Because guess what? If you do those things wrong, you can flash through, pick a business model, get a business plan, get a lease. And you know what the next work you're going to have? It's undoing and unraveling all the mess you just created. It won't be fun. So I'd rather have the hard work be all the way at the beginning, especially in a spot where I can make that hard decision to not pursue a bad route. Make the decision right there. So look, I did some preliminary work and this ain't it, Jack. I was thinking I, I was in for something fancy. This ain't it. This is grueling. I don't want that. All right, cool. You make you done two weeks worth of work to save you two years of heartache and and opportunity costs that will take you years to unravel. You did yourself a favor. Do that work early. You get to the business model, man. This is about your passion. This is about your love. This is about picking something out of work. We got data and numbers that can figure that part out. You get the business plan, man. They got templates everywhere, man. You. Don't, <laughs> and your business plan don't even have to be that complex. It doesn't. You have to be able to explain it and articulate it. So when you go to the bank, you go to go for grants, you go to pitch competitions, you should be able to explain that bad boy. But it's not it's not incredibly difficult. I, I, and you'll see when we get to that, that's the next episode. Writing your business plan, getting funded will be the one after that. And then those last steps, we're rocking and rolling now. So if you got here, Hopefully you're having fun. Hopefully you're taking vigorous notes. Check out these stores in which I mentioned Sister Sci-Fi and the Mysterious Bookshop, Liberation Station, Uncle Bobby's in Philly, The Lit Bar in Bronx, Bus Boys and Poets, Paper Leaves in Texas, and commun- and um, Potter's House. Check all of them out. Check us out. We all have something different, something special about us that makes it work. And yours can be something different from ours. What I'm saying is, at this point, love this process. You're going to have a lot of fun. I think you're going to love owning a business. You're also going to love even more owning a bookstore. So that's it. We said we keep them under 30. We're right at it. 
So I want to make sure that you have a great experience through this process. Hopefully you've learned something. Hopefully you've, you take some notes, the things that will help you. And even if you have more questions, hopefully we'll be able to answer those in the next episodes. But if you, if you didn't get them answered, just hit us up. Again, I'm Demetrius Frazier with the Resist Booksellers Podcast. And I can't wait, can't wait to share more about owning a bookstore. See you later.